Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. Are we on? So, wow. Okay, I've got here, a, cool. i got to share with you a great story, Anthony, that uh, Tina and Ken have heard. Um, I went to Panera the other day. You know this story? Yeah, yeah. Y'all going to stick with me on it? Yes, the Blue Angel. All right. Oh, I, yeah. I, uh, I met Jesus at Panera. The you met day. Jesus at Panera. Pressure off of the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I met, I met a, uh, Jesus at Panera. So I was going to meet a couple of parishioners there. And I pull up to Panera, and there's this guy. You know, he looks like he's, he's homeless or something, sitting on, on a bench. Um, yeah, we probably need to close that window. Now it's going to be real hot Yeah, now it'll be really in stuffy in here. Woo. Throw some of those in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so pull up to Panera, and there's a guy sitting on the bench, and he's wearing all blue. And I kid you not, the very first thought that came in my head is, this guy kind of looks like an angel. I don't know why it came in my head. But he's it's like his clothes are like scrubs, you know, like doctor scrubs, but they're all cut up and ripped up. And it's just this, like, bright blue. Uh, it's, That's when you call the police. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got like, he's got, I don't know, he's got like a cigarette or something in his hand. Anyway, I'm like, okay, well, I don't have any money, but I can go talk to this guy. So I jump out, and when I get out of the car, he stands up and walks over to me. And he uh, he starts babbling about something. I couldn't quite understand him. And then he says, well, you get me a burger. And I said, this is Panera. There aren't burgers here. And then he's like, <laughs> continues to try to make the case. And I'm like, no, no, no I'm going to get you food. Uh, but there's no burgers. Is a sandwich all right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you can get me a Coke, too. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. So anyway, go inside, get the food, meet the people I'm supposed to meet. I'm like, all right, excuse me for a minute. Got to go give this gentleman some food. So I go outside. Oh, back up a little bit. I did give him a rosary. I had one in my car, so I gave it to him. And he looked at it, and I said, do you know who that is? He's like, yeah, man, that's the cross. I'm like, yeah, that's right. So, uh, so anyway, I come back out with the food. I give it to him, and he's like, hey, thanks, brother, man. God bless. God bless. I was like, no problem, no problem. Um, and, you know, I said, there's a straw in there if you need it, whatever. And he looks up at me, and he goes, I got baptized this morning. And I said, did you really? He said, yeah, I baptized myself. And on the inside, I'm thinking, I don't know if that's possible or <laughs> liturgically Ooh, correct. It's like canonically thought, not possible. Yeah, and I thought, you know what? <laughs> he's in the God, he's in God's hands. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get into this. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> if he's baptized, praise Jesus. <clears throat> so at any rate, and then he he just he just kind of looks back down. and He goes, "You know Madonna?" And I said, "Madonna? You you mean Mary?" He goes, "Yeah, really pretty girl, white face, about uh, 14, 15 years old." And I said, uh, yeah. And he puts his finger over his lips and he goes, shh, she's my mom, my real mom. Don't tell anybody. Uh. <laughs> and I said, I said, oh my goodness. I said, wow, that, yeah, she's, she's my mom too. And then he goes, hey, you know how to get to some hotel? And I, and I was like, I don't know. And he goes, don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. And I walked back inside and thought, I just met Jesus. I think that sometimes, like, with homeless people and stuff, like, God, it's like they snap into, yeah. like, God snaps into their being yeah. and speaks to you through them. And then, like, they yeah. snap back out. And it's like, who are you? Like, you were just Jesus five seconds ago. Yeah. <clears throat> I had that experience in college. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was like this big event we had, one of those community events where there's um, free food under a tent, right, that happens all too often in co- college. 
And so I was sitting down and I was eating. And at the time, I was pretty restless with my life and where I was and was kind of unsure of if I was spending my time doing the right things and pursuing the right things. And this guy kind of wanders out of nowhere, you know, off the streets of D.C. onto campus and comes down and sits down next to me and eats food. And we start talking. And then, like, amidst our conversation, he says, you're in the right place. You're doing really good. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> and I just, what? <laughs> you know, and happen? I just said, thank you. And then he got up a little bit later and walked away. And I thought, that is so strange. So I tried to, like, search for him. Gone. 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 <laughs> I don't know. Ken would try to search for him. <laughs> I know. Right? Wait, what do you mean search for him? Like, I wanted to find him. <laughs> like, on the internet? Like, did you want to become Facebook? No, friends? no, no. Like, search for him physically. Like, not Tracking long after that. Yeah. yeah. He's gone. Looking for footprints, different signs. Oh. Gone. Gone. <laughs> Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Vici Minim Show. <laughs> Around the table, we have got... Um, so I'm Austin. We've got Ken beside me. Tina's in here, and we are so pleased to welcome back Anthony Ferguson here from the Alberoni Project. Well, it's Alberione. <laughs> People keep saying that like pepperoni. Like, oh, it's the pepperoni project. No, it's Alberione. Yeah. <laughs> if you say it in, in an Italian accent, it comes off so much easier. And it's cool too. He's. We, we well, let me try that again. We welcome Anthony from the Alberione Project. It's good to be here, you know. <laughs> Vici Mundum you, alumnus right here. You may remember Anthony from his pastoral year here at Mount Carmel. Uh, helped start the Vici Mundum project. Anyway. Yeah. He got a standing ovation when he walked into the office. He did. We yeah, all but stood then at they, the top of the stairs and clapped at him. Excellent. Yeah, they well, clapped at me. Clapped yeah. at. Was that the joke? The whole, like, clapping? <laughs> that hilarious. Guys, this is, uh, I don't know if Are this you should clear? be. A, I don't know if you should do it. It's, yeah. This is just like an inside joke. Like I, I don't like when people clap at me. <laughs> so and we did, and they did, and I didn't get the joke. So <laughs> clearly, I've been a, away too long. Yeah, I've been yeah. away. So welcome back. <laughs> it's good to be back, though. You guys, I'm, I've really missed Mount Carmel. I'm I'm at seminary, uh, finishing up studies uh, this semester before ordination to the diaconate. That's excellent. Which is coming up on May 18th. Save the date. You should come to the cathedral, guys. All the listeners. Uh, I'm the only one being ordained on that day, so come and fill the cathedral. Oh, we will. We nice. will. Mount Carmel will represent at least the people in this room. That's so. right. Hashtag fill the cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen. So I'm curious, uh, Tina and and you else, just going off the story that we started with, yeah. have you had experiences like that of the poor and vulnerable just being yes. the vessel of God Absolutely. to people? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I have a whole files worth of, of uh, <laughs> stories, and uh, you know, I don't know that that any one is uh, short in its in its length. But there was a particular person I remember, Michael, and um, he was at the he stayed with us uh, when we sheltered the homeless, and he told me uh, quite a many thing um, about myself uh, before the the time was was finished and. Uh, and from time to time, I do share that story. It's a, it's a, it's a little lengthy, but um, our exchange was really minimal until all of a sudden he snapped into you know a different sort of person. And it shouldn't surprise us though that this happens because human, a human agent can become the vessel of prophecy. Like th- yeah. it seems like this yeah. is prophecy. Like there's some <laughs> sort of like prophetic, like Holy Spirit moment where like the person in his humanity might not have all of his faculties. And so in that regard, they become even more of a docile vessel for God to speak through them. Right. Well, and I also think that's there's, it. their situation, right? 
I mean, if they're poor and vulnerable, then they're more open and receptive oftentimes to God working in them. Right. In a way yeah. that we we yeah. kind of have control over our lives. We do certain yeah. things. We make certain mm-hmm. choices mm-hmm. that maybe they don't even have that opportunity to make that different choice. So there are a lot more. I mean, I've found like the poor people that I've met oftentimes are very trusting and prayerful people mm-hmm. amidst all of it in a way that I should be. But I'm not <laughs> something I've been reflecting on as I approach ordination. And it seems to be something St. Paul talks a lot about in his letters is this question of sincerity Like if you read St. Paul, like this is like a word. I don't know if it's the same word in Greek. I don't know. I don't know Greek, but it over and over and over. Like he talks about having a sincere heart and, and like being like having a clean, a clear conscience. It's like related to that. And I think that when you are, when you are poor, when you're simple, when you are like docile Mm -hmm. and you, and you have nothing when you have like this true poverty of spirit and material stuff too. Um, you have a, a kind of sincerity about you that allows you to not put up defenses against God. Right. And we are always building up walls. We're always trying to figure out, like Ken just said, like this control factor. Like, how can I manipulate and control God and control his action in my life so that I can still do what I want to do and uh, and also kind of like be a religious person? Mm-hmm. I think that speaks mm-hmm. also to to the nature of Jesus himself that he did come as poorest of the poor, you know, being born in a stable. I was just reading Fulton Sheen this morning, uh, and he just had this great line. He said he couldn't be born in a uh, in a hotel or in a hospital or anything. There was too much ego there. So he had to go and be born in a stable um, where there wasn't any of that. Mm-hmm. And er- through the Gospels, Jesus is always saying, it is not I who speak, but my Father through me. You know, he's the perfect vessel. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's easy. It can be easy anyway to think of Jesus as this, like, um, as just a, he he is a very powerful person. But that always the source he always attributes back to the Father, you know. And that does come from a place of poverty. I think that he is mm-hmm. a very poor God, as right. as we will see uh, this weekend. We're recording on Holy Thursday, mm-hmm. um, and as we go into the Triduum and Easter, I mean, it's about the greatest depths of his poverty. Um, on the cross. Can I share a grace from uh, mass a couple, like maybe last week or so at the seminary? Um, so I don't even know why I was thinking about this. I, I think I was kind of just pondering how, how much I hold on to things and cling to things and grasp and try to like uh, accumulate. Mm-hmm. I try to accumulate experiences. I try to accumulate a sense of worth. Mm-hmm. I try to accumulate like, an identity for mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not just talking about like material things here. Right. I'm talking about like things right. that we're like, this is why I am who I am. And I'm just like building up this little thing. And also with regard to seminary, I start to think I need to fill myself up with these kinds of formation things so that I can be a good priest one right. day. And right. if I don't fill myself up with these right. things or have someone put those things into yep. me through formation, then I'm not going <laughs> to be good enough for people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be a good priest. And, and it, at mass, like, and this was while we were distributing Holy Communion, it, it became abundantly clear to me that uh, the goal of seminary, and in that regard, any vocation, mm-hmm. is not to fill yourself up with things so that you can be ready, but rather to be empty so that you can be ready. That's the whole point of right. the Christian life, is to become empty, to right. become this empty chalice. Like, the image of the chalice came to mind. Like, to be an, mm-hmm. a completely empty chalice that is ready to receive wine, regular wine, that then becomes transformed through the action of the Holy Spirit of Jesus offering it 
in the mass to become the blood. Right, and I think I think that's so important because uh, even with what we were speaking of the poor and and, and this uh, God sort of. Uh, uh, embodying, you know, being present through them and saying certain things. I think when we're full up of the things that we think others need from us or the things that need to be said, then we're not open um, to um, just being with the other and the Lord sort of speaking what needs to be said and um, uh, and drawing forth, of course, from all of the things we've learned. But those things that we learned uh, shouldn't be always at the forefront of our mind but should be in our storage somewhere for for the Lord to sort of bring to the surface as they're needed. Because I think even um, even us, as we go about and do ministry, there's probably certain things that that uh, that we might say to another uh, that might come off as um, uh, I personally know you, and now I've said this, and that means that I I know something about you. But maybe I've said it, and I don't really know you, and your perception is uh, upon receiving it that um, it has a lot more depth and, and then clarity than was actually uh, it intended to when it was spoken. Hmm. You know, the verse that's coming to mind as you're talking, um, and it we might be reading it Easter Sunday. It, there's there's a number of options in different readings, so I'm not sure if it will be or not. But Colossians chapter three. Uh, verse 2 says, set your minds on things that are above, not things that are on earth. Um, and like, as you're talking about kind of an emptying, um, that it's almost like an emptying or a purging of the things that are on earth. You know, I think that we have to have to partake in um, that. And that's not to say that that there are things on earth that we have to know about. You know, we have to know the rules of driving and stuff. But our mind should, the forefront of our mind should be more on things um, that are above. Uh, and then that begins to manifest itself in the way mm-hmm. we act, you know. Um, it's like the two commandments. Love God with your whole heart, mind, and soul. It says the second is just is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that's fascinating that he says the second is like unto it. Um, because if we are just pondering the things of God all day and uh-huh. he's on our mind and we're thinking about him, but then a coworker comes in and we're like, I don't have time for you. you Ain't know, nobody got time off. for you. Yeah. I don't want to help you with whatever you're working on. Go on, get like, right. you know, and then you turn back to your Bible and you're reading about things like that. It's all, <laughs> it, you know, it's kind of a joke. Like, <laughs> get away. I'm being holy. Right. 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 <laughs> No, and that's it. that's really interesting that you bring up, like that you connected all of this somehow, Austin. I think the Holy Spirit is kind of swirling so around. <laughs> Hopefully, this doesn't I get obliterated. So. Mary, Mary, Mother Mary, please don't destroy this podcast. <laughs> We've had that problem apparently. I don't know. Mary keeps like obliterating podcasts. Yeah, we have. If things don't go well, we entrust every one of these shows to Mary, and uh, if they don't go well, they just like the audio disintegrates or the file disappears. It's just it's wild. So, anyways. The, you brought up side note loving God and loving neighbor like those that's like the top thing that's the most important thing love love Lord your God with all your heart soul mind strength and your neighbor as yourself um, in tandem with this grace of like becoming that empty chalice so that God can fill you up uh, it became clear to, to in, in in my heart in this experience at mass that our love is so weak. So like, why do we want to be the right. thing? Why, why do we want to be the origin 
of right. this this accomplishment? Right, right. Why do we want to be like, okay, I'm going to go out and love this person, me. I'm going to love this person. Here mm. I am. Here I am off loving this person, and I'm going to do it, and it's going to be great, and God will love it. Um, instead, because the Lord is the one who's filling right. you up, love the people with the love of God. It's God loving. It's not you loving. Get over yourself. You're not the one that's loving. Right. And so, like, and, and then I started thinking, then it, like, translated. I was like, okay, so if I'm supposed to love others with the love of God and not my weak, broken, stupid love that's totally self-centered, um, well, then it's like, well, how do I love God? We love God with the love of God, which is mind-blowing because <laughs> by, our by our baptism, right. we die and we are buried with Christ and we actually become identified with him. So if like, if we are in Christ, then we are loving God the Father with the love of Christ who is God made man, which is nuts. So right. you just basically said right. out loud the verse that immediately follows the one that I said. Let's hear it. For you have died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Boom! <laughs> See, your li- that's it. Like, your, if your life is hidden with God, that means, like, your love must be God's love flowing through you. Right. And, and if you're, like, if, if it's this, like, competitive thing, it's like, right. well, here I am over here, and here's God, and here I am loving over here, but God's loving over there, and I'm going to try to love him. It's like, no, like, we are supposed to be in communion, right? We're, we're living the life of God. This is this is just wild because you guys are putting into words an experience that I had recently where I've been going to the chapel and normally I bring a book or I bring a journal or I even bring scripture and I'm like, okay, this is how I'm going to go about praying in my time with our Lord. And lately I just haven't, I haven't wanted to. And, and not in like a, I'm just too lazy way. Like I just don't want to bring the book. I don't really want a journal. And frankly, I don't even really want to read scripture in that moment. I just want to sit there and I'm like, God, what am I supposed to like? What am I accomplishing for you in this half an hour of time or whatever that, okay, fine, I'll just sit here. And the other day I just sat there for the time that I was there and then I got up and went about my day, but I started to like have conversations and um, teach teens different things and it was all like not coming from me, right? It was just like flowing out of an interior life that I didn't even like try to put together and control in my time with God. It was like God's love was just like you're saying, it wasn't my love. It was clearly God's love showing up in all these ways. And I was reflecting on that. Like, where did that come from and how did that, <laughs> right? But it's exactly what all of you are saying was my experience. You're putting mm-hmm. into words what I was experiencing, which is like, mm-hmm. stop trying to fill myself up with what I think is necessary. Just let God's love pour into me and then pour out to others. And, and that seems to be kind of connected to what we were talking about at the very beginning of this is that those like those kind of those little souls, the ones that like suddenly God snaps into them and right. like, cause I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like when, when like a homeless person talks to me or like when somebody that's like at a very severe disadvantage or like when someone that I just normally wouldn't talk to a- approaches me, I listen to them. Yes, I do too. And I like, I zero in. I'm like, this means something. Yes. Um, but perhaps like to kind of re- like frame all of this, like that is God loving you through that person. Yeah. Like they, they are so empty and so weak and little and, and poor that God is actually able to love through them. And, and, th- and they don't understand, like you just said, Ken, like, I don't know where this is coming from. And those people don't know where it's coming from, but that's okay. Like we don't have to know everything and, and you can just roll with it. You can just, I mean, those are the best conversations right. I have. And I think it's happening right now. I don't know where these words are coming from, but they're coming. <laughs> and it's just like, God speaks like he wants to speak through people yep. like for whatever reason, 
the almighty God of the universe wants to speak through normal human beings to other human beings. He doesn't want to be like the obnoxious loudspeaker in the sky. He wants to speak in a human way through humans in, in this like beautifully subtle way that we have to listen and be attentive and vigilant in order to hear his voice. And I think that sometimes too, uh, at least for me, I listen more. Um, if it's, um, somebody who is coming from a place of, um, uh, not knowing who I am or anything about me or having any sort of, um, uh, competitive heart, jealous heart, just somebody I've happened upon. Um, I think that the words are more powerful uh, and impactful because um, they, they're not tainted with anything. Mm. Um, and uh, th- there's just something about, um, I don't know, there's just something about that. When it's somebody you don't know and, um, uh, and they're acting or all of a sudden speaking in a way, that um, is speaking to your heart, and then uh, maybe they flip back into being, you know, completely off of their, off their rocker. Yeah, I, I, it, it's so true. I mean, it's... and you could say that the whole conversation is off its rocker, but there's some, there was, there's, there's just something very profound about it. I think in in, in some moments I have uh, laughed it off, or um, have uh, in the moments of speaking to somebody, I sort of felt like the image of uh, Sarah comes to mind when she's laughing in the tent. Ha ha ha! I'm going to have a child. Oh yes. You know? Why um, is she laughing? Is, yes, yeah. this was sort of the exchange mm. I you know I had with Michael. And um, and he became more serious and more personal uh, to get me to to stop laughing. You know, like this isn't you know this isn't a, a laughing matter. You know, um, might be surprised to the the audience, but I have a tendency to laugh and joke a lot. <laughs> but um, so so I you know I find it I just find these conversations very interesting, and they are conversations that I write down. Um, uh, similar, I guess you could say to seeking somebody out, but they're, they're conversations I try not to forget. Well, and you know, it's interesting too thinking about, um, you know, absolutely the people particularly that we don't know. Um, what's interesting too is, is as a parent, uh, watching your children sometimes turn into that vessel and speaking truth in a very particular and perceptive way right into your soul that it's like, Oh man, that got me. Yeah. Um, uh, Josie, Kids are great. Oh that. yeah, Josie yeah. just did that the other day to me. I said something like, uh, "I think Clara, or I needed to do something. I can't remember what it was, but it was like a duty I had to do." And I was like, "I really don't want to do that." And Josie overheard. And she goes, "Dad, you you need to do that. Go take care of it." I'm like six year old Josie. I'm like, "All right, Jesus, let's go." <laughs> let's go Jesus. <laughs> I can't argue with that. But I think the other side with kids too is that um, if if we are the vessels of God's love. Our children also show us our Austin's love. Uh, they they can kind of become a vessel of the love that I'm pouring out to them, mm. uh, and they'll reflect back different things that we have. Claire and I have been talking about that a lot with our kids, just in different things that they're doing, different things they're experiencing. It's like, man, you know what? I've been experiencing a lot of that in my life. You know, um, mm-hmm. whatever it is, just like. Uh, stress or what, anything like that. Like I've been experiencing a lot of this and I've been projecting it out and now I'm seeing it, you know, in the way that I carry myself, I'm seeing it being reflected back yep. to me through mm-hmm. my own child. Um, which if we take that and then apply it to the father is very comforting that our father in heaven doesn't have that stress. He doesn't have, you know, other things. The only thing he has to project to us is goodness. 
uh, is love, is peace and kindness. And so the more time we spend with him, the more things Mm -hmm. our mind are above, Mm -hmm. then the more time that we can mirror that. And I think it's important, too, to note as we talk about these things that it's God entering, like, it's it's an openness and a willingness that we have. It's not like God comes and just takes us over and demands it from us and forces us to, to speak or act in a certain way. It's, a, it's an amount of openness that we have to him doing that through us, right? I mean, it, it's, not, it's not a taking control in the sense no. of... Um, like we're robots or something <laughs> for God's love. Like we actually are, are open vessels to what he's pouring into us and through us. Yeah. I think the best words for that are, uh, are let it be done. Let it be done unto me. You know, in terms of what can we do? Like we, we can be open, but like Anthony said earlier, even when we love God, it's God loving through us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a participation just, in his love, yes. which is what the Holy Eucharist is all about. Like the bread that we, break is it not a participation in the body of christ the the wine that we or the cup that we Mm -hmm. share Mm -hmm. is it not a sharing in the blood of christ so like when we receive the eucharist we become that which that which we receive right we Mm -hmm. we become christ's body and blood in the world Mm -hmm. and so we got to act like it yes we got to act like it and those words i think are just so powerful and i've been meditating on them a lot lately mary's words let it be done or be it done unto me um because there's there's no better words you could pick. It's not she's saying, I choose to do this, or, um, or sure, that's fine. It's like an acceptance that's allowing, but also requiring some action on her part. And St. Paul uses uh, that language a lot, too. Like, let the peace of Christ, fl- which surpasses all understanding, flow through you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, there is that element of, of letting. And I think when you're poor... Um, poor of spirit, materially poor, whatever it is, that there is that sense of letting, you know, letting God speak to you, letting other people help you, uh, letting things happen that makes you, even children, you know, they, they let things happen all the time, that, uh, that makes them particularly open to that gift of prophecy, essentially, mm. of God speaking. Last night at Tenebrae, I, I was reflecting on how needy I am, and and I was annoyed at that. I was really annoyed at how needy I am. I'm like, glad God, I'm why, not the only one. Why do I need so much, God? Like, why do I suck? And <laughs> I kid you not, guys. Like, there, there was just this kind of, you know, every once in a while, like, a word will be placed on your heart. Like, you'll kind of just become aware of a word. And uh, they were, last night, two words, need me. Hmm. Over and out. Like, just basically just the Lord saying, like, need me. Just do it. Like, mm. allow yourself to need me. And sometimes that's the hardest part is, like, are we in a position that we actually realize our desperate need for God? And I am often not. Right. I often try to make it seem like I've got it together. So, right. I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to being with, with the parish this, this weekend as we need God together. That's what the Mass mm-hmm. is. Did you have a closing thought, Tina, before we hit the 30 no. mark? Well, no. I did. I did, actually. So when you were talking about that, uh, and to bring it back to where Anthony started, um, when you were talking about Mary and um, uh, Let it be done. her response, mm-hmm. yes, um, I just got a, a, a thought of us, you know, we're just called to, to be, mm. to be, and uh, to be open to be. And uh, Anthony, when you were speaking earlier, uh, when we started, um, uh, 
it made me think of uh, of becoming. You know, we're always in a process of trying to become something. Hmm. You know, I must uh, study this. I must do that. I must so I'm prepared. I can become this other thing. And um, instead of just being what hmm. we were created. And I think that maybe sometimes that what is what fills us up. Um, that, you know, naturally we do want to become uh, better people or whatever else. But I think that that tendency to want to become something and fill in the blank with whatever it is uh, fills us up so that we can't just be mm. what God created us to be. And what we are is, a, is C.S. Lewis says, the human being is one vast thirst. We just, we just have this va- – we are vast right. That's needs. That's fascinating right. – that's what we are as a, as a creature. We can't we can't exist on our own. We don't dis, we don't uh, explain our own existence. We need. Hmm. That's just that is our existential situation. There's no way getting out of it. We need God. Hmm. Amen. Well, Anthony, happy Holy Week. Happy. <laughs> well, they'll be listening to this perhaps on Good Friday or All after. Right. I'm not sure, but uh, at any rate, it'll be pretty much Easter by the time. Uh, most people are listening to this. So we hope you have a wonderful, joyful Easter. We are so happy that our seminarian, Anthony Ferguson, was able to come back and join us for this wonderful celebration and for another podcast. Can uh, I give like a shameless, something else? shameless plug? Oh, here he goes. Dude, Dude so on. I've moved on to bigger and better things from Vici Mundum. <laughs> oh, wow. Daggers in the heart. Just kidding. I still love Vici Mundum. But, oh, uh, my gosh. Guys, listeners, I don't want to I don't take... think I can give you this shameless what? plug now. Come Jeez. on, man. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, my seminary started a new podcast. You should check it out. It's called The Big Tree. Yeah. So go ahead. Check he, it out. He has stickers. I have stickers. <laughs> if you want stickers. stickers. <laughs> if you want stickers, Make I can sure give you stickers. Make sure you give Tina a sticker. You give us a sticker. I know. Come on. Here, on the show. Hold on. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. All right. All right. Let's take a picture. I'm going to get a picture of right, the right, handing the of handing, the sticker. The hand off of the sticker. Here it is. Wait. Hold on, Mike. Take it. Mike's in the face. Wait. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's where it should be. Now. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Wow. The logo was upside it down. It was upside down. Oh, that's sorry, good. Folks. That's better. Excellent. <laughs> it's better that way. All right. Well, All right, that, that, I have to go. I, I have, have to go to confession. Yeah, I you have to go. Way to We've confession. Pass through the waiting room. There is a big tree in there. Oh. What? A painting of a big tree on the wall. Where? In the outreach office in the waiting room. Oh, the outreach office. Okay. All right. I, I desperately, I desperately right, need to right, go to confession. Right. Until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Pray for us. Thanks again for tuning in. We would love for you to join the conversation that we started by sending us an email at vichimundum1633 at gmail.com or by connecting with us on Facebook and or Instagram. And while we love doing these podcasts, we really love hearing from and starting relationships with you even more. I also want to extend an invitation to you that if you like these shows and would like to see more produced by our parish, please feel free to support what we're doing. You can go to Our Lady of Mount Carmel's website and give online by designating your donation to Vichimundum. Monthly gifts are especially helpful. Finally, as a reminder, the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters alone, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. God bless you, and we look forward to talking with you soon.